As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is The Athletic Football Show. Welcome back. I'm Dane Brugler, joined as always by NFL.com's Lance Zerline. This is the Athletic Football Show, the post-combine wrap-up edition. Lance and I spent the last week in Indianapolis. Feels a little bit like information overload with just all the data and the info that comes out of that week, but we're going to do our best to hit all the main points uh, here, reflect on what we learned, talk about maybe the next steps, uh, plenty to get into. But Lance, I I wanted to start with Saturday night. The front seven group, defensive line, pass rushers, linebackers, I've been going to the Combine for over 10 years now, and that workout was the most fun I've had sitting in the stands at Lucas Oil and watching these guys work out. Sometimes the drills can drag a little bit, but Saturday night, I mean, that that was a blast. So I wanted to get uh, just your reaction to those workouts uh, from Saturday. I mean, look, it was... There's an unbelievable amount of talent, and when you watch these guys, when you look at them, I'm I'm looking through my list right now, my... My grades, it's it's really impressive to see the type of talent that's on the board, I think rounds one through three, really especially, and the type of athletes that are available at that position. You saw it in the testing, and not just the 40 times. You saw it in the way that they tested across the board and the workout itself. And I think that's what you're alluding to is the way that they moved in space. It's just, it's, it's rare for 280, 290, 300 plus pound guys to move the way that they did. And I thought, you know, I think the hoop drill, which are the two big hoops, and we watch these guys, you know, try to bend and and run the arc there. A lot of times those drills are run at pro days. I don't know how long the combines had it in. I think that's one of the newer ones, right? That's yeah. they didn't used to have it in. It's such a good drill to to check hip flexion to see how these guys can corner and turn, check ankle flexion. And I came away from that watching Devontae Wyatt and George Karloftis and and even Jordan Davis. I mean, to watch them run the hoops the way that they were able to stay low and bend, it was just really, really impressive. Yeah, and I thought, speaking specifically about the hoop drill, Trevon Walker and Travis Jones, those two guys looked different uh, when they were doing the hoop. And and you're absolutely right. It's And actually, I met with um, a good buddy of mine who does a lot of – 
uh, you know, works in the analytic world. You know, his company works with actually putting data to position-specific drills like the hoop drill. So you can tell. Uh, so it's it's you know we can see bend. We can talk about oh the guy's got great bend, but we're going to be quantifying bend here in the, in the, in the coming years. Um, it's really fascinating all the things they're doing. But no, I agree with you. Uh, but some of these numbers, I, I mean, it was basically a Georgia Bulldog infomercial Saturday night it, with, with the guys, uh, the athletes that they had on the field. Jordan Davis um, running what he did uh, four seven eight in the forty yard dash at three hundred forty one pounds. Uh, just a little bit of context. Fletcher Cox ran a four seven nine, so not as fast as Jordan Davis. And Fletcher Cox is also forty three pounds lighter uh, when he ran that. So I, I think a big thing with Jordan Davis, and it wasn't just the forty; it was you know uh, what ten three broad jump, thirty two inch vert. So just elite, elite numbers. For, Those numbers are crazy. Like a thirty two yeah. inch vert for a guy three forty one. Along with uh, what was the other one? The broad. It was the broad. He didn't do short yeah. shuttle, did he? No, I just the uh, just the jumps. Yeah. So an interesting thing happened, and we're gonna we're gonna get into. Uh, you tell me when you want to start talking about forty yard dashes, because we can start talking about that. Yeah, get into it now. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into it now. I, you know, the first day when I'm watching the uh, the wide receivers, I'm like, whoa, and there were some fast guys in there. I knew there were some fast guys without question. That was pretty eye-opening. I knew Tyquan Thornton was going to be fast because he was a track guy. Tariq Woolen, track guy. Kellen Barnes, track guy. I mean, these guys were all expected to be really fast. But when I saw some of the numbers come down the board, I'm like, dude, this is the fast. I can't believe how fast this wide receiver group was. And then we got, what, eight wide receivers in that position group that were under 4-4. That was incredible. I had never seen anything like that. It set a combine record. Then the next day... Combine record. Then the next day, combine record. Then the next day, combine record for speed. I mean, after day two, to be honest with you, and here's what made it, and here's when I had to check on this. When Jordan Davis ran a 478, I was like, what? So I reached out to four different teams. I said, what were your times on Jordan Davis, your hand times? Because the talk was, me and someone else from NFL Network, we were talking, and our thought was, okay, there's an issue with the laser timing being used with NFL Network. Like, that information that it's gathering is just, it's off. And so there's going to be a consistent level of speed that we see that is off because it's not going to match up with hand times. So I reached out to four teams. This is what I got. 477, 478, 478, 480. Those are four teams on Jordan Davis. And at that point, I just think, okay, he's a complete freak show. But then when I see the other numbers come down, including a couple that didn't match up with what trainers thought guys were going to run, I, I, I reached out to some people from the Colts and I said, hey, just out of curiosity, have y'all done anything different with your turf? Like, is Because if not, I don't know what to say. This is just insane. And right. they said, yeah, we installed a new turf in the summer of 2020. Well, there was no combine in 2021, and so this is the first time a combine's being run on it, and that made sense. And so as the as the combine progressed, I recognized, okay, I knew one DB who ran in the low 4.3s who was running right at about a 4.40 with the trainers. I started checking. Actually, I knew about a couple of DBs, what they were going to run, and they all ran faster. And so what I think has happened is there is a really, really fast track right now. In Indianapolis now, 
I still think this was probably an historically fast draft class. When you look at some of the players who did have track backgrounds and who are just unbelievable athletes, I don't think that changes. I just think from a perspective standpoint, and and this is going to sound funny, you know, Jordan Davis maybe is actually a four eight five guy. You know, he's probably a three hundred and forty one pound guy who runs in the four eights. That's still insane, it's but crazy. it doesn't change. Yeah. It doesn't change a thirty-two inch vertical leap. It doesn't mm-hmm. change the broad the, the the broad jumps we're seeing for some of these guys, like with Kyle Hamilton. Now, the short shot, and I think it was maybe your tweet that I saw the three, uh, or rather the short sh- shuttle and the three cone drills. There's less guys doing it, and they're mm-hmm. not as fast. And the three cones are what we've seen from a testing standpoint. The three cone drills have steadily come down because the trainers are so good at creating efficiency with the guys who test. The guys who test now understand body control, efficiency, and the trainers have it down to a science on the short shuttle and three cone. So you can see training downwards on time there. But this year, the times weren't as fast. And so I don't know if that had anything to do with the uh, the surface or not, but I thought it was pretty interesting that every wide receiver was it every wide receiver running back or no is every running back right passed on the three cone and short shuttle collectively as a group every running back collectively passed on it and i think that was interesting because maybe an agent or two started recognizing okay the times are not as good on this surface so there was definitely faster 40 times because of the surface there's just it's you can't have records at every position you know, by the amount of players, like 12 offensive linemen under 5-0. That's unheard of. I mean, that's absolutely unheard of. So when you look at it across the board, however, I think agents who advised their players not to run at the combine because they wanted to give them more time to train for the pro days, mm. right now they're probably kicking themselves because absolutely. Their, fa- their fastest time was going to be at the combine. And instead, they're going to wait for a pro day where they're likely – like. Isaiah Spiller, he shouldn't run at the combine. Yeah, he shouldn't run at the combine because even if you're not as fast, if you run a a four five nine or even a four six zero, well, even the unofficial times were getting much much faster when they were official. So I think that when agents look back, they're gonna they're gonna wish they their players had run and trained and been ready to run at the combine because those times are gonna be faster than pro days. I can almost guarantee you. Yeah, and, and I, that's that's. Uh, a, a fantastic context with the new turf. Uh, this being the first con, uh, combine with the the new turf, that that makes a ton of sense. And just to get back to Jordan Davis real quick, as we leave the combine now, so having that data, I still think there's questions about the snap count, and you know, can he sustain that level of juice for you know 40 snaps a game? Because if you're drafting him in the top half of round one, you're expecting him to play over 35 snaps a game which he did not do last year for Georgia. So I think that snap count uh, and the endurance factor is still a point of emphasis with Jordan Davis. Can he, can he I, play three downs? I mean, right, exactly. And, that, and, and, and when teams go up tempo on, on against uh, the team that drafts them and keep them on the field and then, you know, use that against them, there's, there's some uh, gamesmanship there. But if I put the over under at, let's just say, just say 12, you going over under Jordan Davis uh, at pick 12. Over under Jordan Davis at pick 12. I'm in the middle of doing a mock draft that's due at 1 o'clock today. So, yeah, me too. Uh, I'm going to go over because I don't see him as a three-down player, but I did have a pro personnel guy say there's no way. When you do your mock, don't put him over 15 because, I mean, he's going first half of the 
15, 16, first half of the draft, he's he's going to go there. Guys don't look like him. Trayvon Walker is going to be my biggest mover in my mock draft. I'm going to have him number three to the Texans because he's, yep. Lovey Smith, he's a Lovey Smith fit and he's a Nick Casario fit, which is rare because one guy's used to three, four. This is how rare he is physically. And I still don't see the rush on tape, which is my big concern with Trayvon Walker. But the fact is he's got 35-inch arms, theatric-wise, Willie McGinnis, Richard Seymour, Trey Flowers. Like These are all Patriot guys that Nick Casario has seen. And then you see the speed and quickness and even movement skills in the workouts because he looked fluid. He looked really good. I mean, he looked unbelievable. That's Lovey Smith. So he's that rare hybrid guy with the body type of a Patriot and the upfield testing for sure and athletic numbers of a Lovey Smith. So that's why I think the Texans are going to shock people, and I'm going to put him. I think it will be pretty surprising when I have Aiden Hutchinson fall past number three and I have the Texans drafting Trayvon Walker. And, yes, I have somebody trading up to the number two spot. So it's uh, – Well, hey, hey, spoiler alert, uh, I've got Trayvon Walker going three to the Texans as well in my oh. updated mock this week. So Yeah, uh, okay, good. We're, we're, there we have it. And Because he, he actually fits a need it, also. It, perfect fit, perfect fit. And yeah. I've been high on Trayvon Walker. He was my number six player sure. going into the combine. Absolutely, so. you have been. It, it, you know, I, I thought he was going to go high no matter what because of just the athletic traits that we saw on film. But, I, I mean, he even surpassed what I was expecting at 35 and a half inch arms at 272 pounds to run a four five one six eight nine in the three cone. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah, that's, no, that's it's unbelievable. I did not see. I'm just telling you, I want to go back and every once in a while, every year there's a player or two where I get really frustrated because I just can't see it. I'm like, Why, what am I not seeing? How do I not see it? And I clearly am not seeing something because I don't mind having to project. Like, he doesn't run off the, rush off the edge. And, and Daniel Jeremiah and I were discussing it. He goes, but you can see it when they have them do it. I'm like, when do they have them do yeah. it? And I, and it I just see him. No, and I see him get hung up on blocks a lot. I don't see him get to counters. But obviously you and DJ are seeing something that leads you to believe that he can do it. And then when you look at the testing, there's no reason to believe that he can't do it because the testing is just rare testing for guys, for a guy with that kind of size. So I got to go back. And before I raise his grade, I got to see it. Like I've got to be able to project it. I don't mind being wrong. I always, my saying is be accurate. Don't be right. You know, don't try to be right because then you're going to jackhammer your own personal ideology. And and, and it becomes a process of ego, then if you try to be right, just try to be accurate. And to be accurate, you have to be open to missing. And uh, so I got to go find out. I got to go watch Trayvon Walker probably tomorrow. I got too much to do today. But I want to go see. I'm going to watch all of his rushes. Because I have no doubt on the run. The run stuff is elite. I'm not worried about that. Um, And he can really get out in space and track you down too. But I got to see it from a rush standpoint. You got to be a two-way guy. And I want to see the explosiveness in his rush. And some of it can be coached too. Some of that is you can coach a guy to do things. And so, yeah, it was. I just, it comes down to, I don't think he was, he just wasn't asked to do it. You know, there's, yeah, like, I don't know that it's a a lack of ability to get off blocks as it is. He was just, like, the coaches told him, lock out your block and uh, just, you know, hold the point of attack. You know, like that, they didn't ask him to uh shed and go get the quarterback uh, it, but the times when he did do it i thought that okay this is a dude this is a guy i i can you know just going based off my memory there was a few plays against auburn where i thought he did that 
a few plays against Florida where he did that, especially, you know, when they asked him to drop in space too, you see that fluidity. He's, he's just a, I think, rare physical player. But I do think that you're definitely not the only one who's kind of thinking, all right, how do you marry the lack of production? And I'm not just talking about, you know, looking at the box score and seeing, seeing sacks. I'm, I'm talking about on tape production of making plays in the backfield. How do you marry that with the traits? And there is, there's no question, there's a projection involved with Trevon Walker. Uh, it's not a, as simple as just, okay, he put up these times and, you know, he's going to be this big time NFL player. Uh, there's projection involved. There, he's going to need coaching. So uh, Walker definitely, no question about it, helped himself. And it's funny because we, you know, talk about Jordan Davis, talk about Trevon Walker, a few of these other guys, but it almost forces us to overlook uh, some of the other just testers that we had Saturday night from this defensive line group. Yeah, uh, you know, guys true. like, I mean, Travis Jones, we'd be talking about Travis Jones as a huge winner, if not for Jordan Davis. But because Davis went off, we're not talking about uh, Travis Jones at 325 pounds. We aren't, but I guarantee you the teams are. Oh, absolutely. Well, I shouldn't say we aren't because we are right now. Yeah. 325 pounds, 492 in the 40-yard dash. Remarkable. Uh, 733, three cone. Uh, His jumps were solid for a guy that size. I just... Remarkable for go from the Senior Bowl, have the week that he did, follow it up with the with the combine performance. Travis Jones, he's got a, a rocket pack on his back. Uh, Devontae Wyatt tested like we thought he would, uh, being above average. There were a bunch of these guys on the defensive line who I think even surpassed expectations with uh, with what we thought. And I want to get your thoughts too on Aiden Hutchinson because. You know, I the the forty was okay. Um, you know, I don't. There's some questions about just you know how good his workout was, but when you look at the three cone and a short shuttle, those numbers are elite uh, right. with what he did. Uh, you know, you. So I'm gonna pull up his his three cone here. Uh, led all defensive linemen six seven three in the three cone. That's pretty much as good as you get. That's when you're compare you're comparing that to like Von Miller. Like I, I believe Von Miller was six seven zero. So I mean that that that's what kind of three cone that is short shuttle four one five that that's the elite of the elite category when you talk about pass rushers that are two sixty plus moving like that. Yeah, it's I'm I'm pulling up JJ Watt's numbers because his tra- his uh his strength coach in college told me he would be he would be near JJ stuff. His vertical did he vert thirty six? JJ thirty seven. What was his broad? Uh nine nine. This is ten feet for JJ. Three cone was a six eight eight for three for JJ. Six seven three. Short shuttle four twenty one. Four fifteen. So he was running in four ninety one. JJ forty yard dash, which probably would have been like a four eight four uh, on this turf. Hmm. So yeah. And what what was his weight? Six five two ninety. Yeah. That's, a that's, that's the difference. Yeah, and 34 inch arms. And so when you look at JJ, like JJ Watt, all of this, all of the data was there for him to be an elite player. 6'5, 290, 34 inch arms, 11 and an eighth hands. You look at the physical measure measurables and you look at the testing, it all said elite. The thing that concerns me a little bit with uh, I can tell you the NFL is not as high on Aiden Hutchinson as as the general public. And uh I think one of the reasons is because he just they just don't feel like he has the same kind of explosive juice, even though the testing's good. What bothers me a little bit is the 30, 32 and an eight's arm is really short. And when you look at defensive ends, you have to look at defensive ends the same way you look at offensive tackles. We can't sit here and tell you, well, an offensive tackle has 
you know, 33 and, and, and eighth or 33 and a quarter arms, that's a little bit shorter. Well, he, tackle's got under 33 arms. He's got to move to guard. Well, what about the guy who's going up against a tackle, the defensive end, the edge rusher? Do we also not ding him for, ha- for having, you know, 32 and an eighth inch arms? He's not going to get into a tackle quicker necessarily if it's just a battle of pure length so the arm length does matter to uh to evaluators for the simple fact that first man on with their hands has a big advantage and that's why a tackle versus a rusher it's a big deal and that's why when you look at Trayvon Walker having 35 inch arms like that's a really big deal that's a big deal to NFL teams because and when you see how Trayvon Walker uses his Hands, his his hand quickness and and punch timing is so good that he is mm-hmm. never second in with his hands, never. So he's always going to have that advantage. Yeah, and that's I think it's interesting. I, I tried to kind of warn people about Hutchinson's length because we we knew it was below thirty two and a half from the spring measurements, and so that that is that 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 is a big deal. There's no question about it. Um, I, and I think the just from my conversations in Indianapolis, the feedback on Hutchinson was definitely mixed. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of people really like him, mm-hmm. but to love him and to say he's, you know, cause I was surprised Peter King in his uh, article this morning said Hutchinson's the favorite to go number one. And that, that surprised me. That took me off guard a little bit. Um, I definitely did not get that vibe with the, the people that I talked to in Indy. No, I didn't either. But what he has though, is like he, we're projecting some of these players. Uh, Trayvon Walker is still a projection. Um, you'll admit that. Everyone will admit that. Trayvon, Trayvon Walker is a projection. We don't really have to project Aiden Hutchinson. You yeah. know who he is. What you see is what you get. Now, that's why some people are kind of down on him because they want players that they think have a lot more room for growth. Upside. Um, and projection and upside. Yeah. And the thought is, well, Aiden Hutchinson is who he is. Yeah, but that's still like – a hard-playing, physical, hard-working, high football character, productive player. I don't think there's any way he fails in the NFL. I, mm-hmm. He's not going to fail in the NFL. So there's nothing wrong with having a guy who is a safe player in Aiden Hutchinson. And maybe Jacksonville will say, look, we want a guy that we know is going to show up every single day, bust his ass, do everything necessary, and a guy that's going to be productive that we can count on. And, and it's going to be great for our locker room culture. There's nothing wrong with that either. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that as opposed to Icky, who has some work to do, very mm-hmm. talented, has some work to do, and then Evan Neal, who's a huge need at tackle, but a little bit more of a low-burn type of energy guy on the field where he's, he's talented, has traits, but I don't get the same motor and and activity level from him that I do from Aiden Hutchinson. So it's, it's interesting to to look at that. I mean, I've, I've tried to think of a way to put him there. It's just, man, it's just you've got so much invested in Trevor Lawrence. I just don't know how you how right. you don't draft a tackle to really make offensive line your absolute priority this year. And you know Coach Peterson's really going to be pushing for that uh, as they go through draft meetings and they try to figure out who to take with that number one pick. Uh, you mean you know, the guy who had Jason Peters and Lane Johnson? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like a lot of things that what you're saying about Hutchinson would also apply to Jermaine Johnson as well, uh, which is why I wouldn't be shocked if Jermaine Johnson goes ahead of Kayvon Thibodeau uh, or Carl Loftus. You know, I, it, I, I would not I got be him ahead in the mock. I, would, I was like, oh, can I yeah. do this? I think I put him ahead in the mock, but uh, – 
it's, I think I've got them. I've got them back to back. Yeah. I, it, I, and again, it's what, a lot of what you're too. saying with Hutchinson is the uh, you know you know what you're getting. Uh, you know, I think you know, I've said this before, but if you if I clipped the, my top five favorite plays from Jermaine Johnson this past year, I think at least three are in the run game because he's he's so, so good. good uh, yep. coming downhill. His awareness, his ability to get off blocks, he understands how to leverage the run, but he's also a pass rusher as well. So, yeah, Jermaine Johnson, uh, and he had a good workout. Do we have the same mock draft? Do you have Jermaine at the Giants <laughs> and Thibodeau at the Falcons? Um, I'm, it's, no, I don't have that, but it's okay. close. Uh, okay. but, but, but I, I have both guys in the top 10. So it's, uh, I, I think, I think we're both, uh, on the right track though. I think both, both these guys are, are going to go in the top 10 because they're pass rushers and yeah. we're, we're going to see pass rushers go early and often. Same thing with tackles. So Johnson, same 40 yard dash as Thibodeau, but they both ran a four, five, eight. It was interesting. Boye Mafe ran a four, five, three, David Ajabo, four, five, five, Sam Williams, four, four, six. Sam Williams is going to be an interest, interesting, uh, uh, prospect because he's, he's got, you know, the background stuff is, uh, you know, things, Teams need to work through that and, and figure out him as a person and and, and all that background uh, baggage that comes along with him. And that's something that is going to be different from team to team. But as a rusher, I mean, he's a little stiff, but as a rusher, he can get after it. And I think just based on talent, what, what are we talking? Second round? Third round? Based, just based on talent? Uh, yeah, Williams based is, on – I don't think he's good against the run, but he's great as a yes. rusher. So he's a DPR with size. I mean, I think he's a second round or worst case scenario. A talent – but yeah, like you said, there's some stuff in the background that I still think he goes within the first three rounds. We've seen guys who are productive and talented as a rusher. Those guys, some things get forgiven for those guys. That's just historically the case. So yeah, we saw no. it with Frank Clark, for example, in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Frank was a really, really good player. And I'd, I'd argue Frank had some pretty questionable stuff in his background yes. at, coming out of Michigan. I mean, there's a reason he wasn't at the Combine, because yeah. he wasn't allowed to be there. So... Yeah, I think you're. I think he's a guy that, um, man, his rush is really, really good. So I think he's a day two, a day two pass rusher. But teams have to be okay with the person, and if you're not and you're still willing to do it, well, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna take some bullets from the media and probably rightfully so. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. For their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash maze, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash maze now to grow your business, no matter which stage you're in. Shopify.com slash maze. I wanted to pivot to defensive backs and the fastest 40 of this combine, Kalen Barnes, no surprise. Uh, I think he was the favorite coming in, uh, two-time state champion sprinter in, in high school in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Tariq Woolen, fastest uh, MPH at uh, at the Senior Bowl since they've been recording it, 22.45 uh, miles per hour. So not a big surprise there. Another track guy, but it, it is a surprise that somebody 6'4 can run a shorter oh, distance that fast. That's pretty insane. Rare. Yeah, it, that's very, very rare. Um, and, and Woolen, I think he also had a what, 42 in the vert. So it showed up uh, there as well. Yeah, he was a crazy, crazy tester. Um, and they're, they're, testing was, the, or they're training together. So uh, that's that's a pretty good speed at that uh, at that place. Matt Rule recruited a track team. He had yeah. <laughs> JT Woods was sub 4-4. Kalen yep. Barnes was sub 4-3. And Tyquan Thornton was sub 4-3. I mean, and Thornton was – I knew Thornton would be really fast too. He was also a track guy. So, yeah, yep. Matt, Matt Rule, uh, his big thing at Baylor was he wanted traits. You know, his one year – I had a chance to visit with him when he, was, when he was at Baylor. And I was with the analytics director, who the former analytics director, Tyler Oberly with the uh, – um, with Tampa Bay, and we went in, and Tyler and I are working on a project, a, a business model together, and we visited with Matt and his staff, and I was blown away at how at how advanced they were. He had, and you'll appreciate this, Dane. He had standards for every position. Everything was about traits, height, weight, speed, length. Everything was a pro style model of recruiting. He was recruiting pro style players, same way Nick Saban does, but mm. you know, and Kirby Smart and other teams. But there at Baylor, he had limited financial resources because they were still they they were on probation still from the Art Briles stuff, so they had not received their money yet for the it was not released to Baylor so they they had limited resources but looking at him and then the very next day I visited with another major name program and coach and that program did not have the same insight into traits into the NFL system and I always wondered how much of that was because rule you may remember when he was at Temple we were having mm-hmm. to write up Temple guys, too. Like yep. Temple guys were popping in day three all over the place, and they were testers. And I always wondered how much of his time – he had one year with the Giants. I always wondered how much of that time with the Giants had an impact on you know, him from a recruiting standpoint, understanding traits and how, what a big deal they are. Because if you're recruiting guys that look like pro players, right. you're going to have a chance to have pro players. And guess what? Teams with good pro players, they end up being Georgia – in Alabama and Ohio State. Yeah, that makes sense. Clemson. And I, I met Coach Rule for the first time um, just this week in Indianapolis. Ran into him at Harry and Izzy's, and we had we had a good conversation. Um, and I, but I, I think you're spot on because it's if you're at a school like Baylor, and instead of trying to compete with A and M and the Longhorns at Oklahoma for the the five stars, go after these three stars who have track backgrounds, who have speed, who have projectable traits and yeah. tr- trust your development. Uh, and that's what he did. And uh, Kalen Barnes, uh, fastest 40 this year. Tyquan Thornton ran a 4-2. And Tariq Woolen, he had a Baylor offer and he decided to go to UTSA instead. So Matt Rule, uh, he almost had the, the three fastest 40-yard dashes this year uh, recruited to Baylor. Uh, just a fascinating development there. I wanted to ask you about Zion McCollum, Sam Houston State. Uh, mm-hmm. This guy who 
was at the Senior Bowl. Um, I, did you see the numbers that he posted? Did you see this on tape? So 6'2", 199 pounds. He's a corner. 4'3'3", in a 40-yard dash. 39.5-inch vert. Hundred. Uh, let's see. That's 11-foot broad. The three-cone and, sh- and 20, that, that uh, sh- uh, short shuttle, that's what really kind of blew my mind. Not Six, the broad? Four, not the 11-foot broad? No, no, that's that's elite of the elite. But yeah. I thought he had some, he had some lower body explosion. Uh, but the <laughs> six four eight three cone. I mean that that's phenomenal number right there. Three nine four uh, in the twenty yard shuttle. I mean anything under seven is a, is a pretty good time uh, for a three cone. This guy was under. This guy was a six. He was faster than he trained. So here's some insight. I know his agent. His agent and I played high school ball together, and we're still really good friends. Although he knows that I'm not giving any love. To sure. prospects that my, my my evaluations are not for sale, so I don't care how good a friend you are, and I have agents argue with me all the time. It is what it is. I mean, I see a guy mm-hmm. how I see a guy. See me. I see him more as a developmental player, not a project, but a player. I don't always see the testing on the tape. Uh, when, he, when you got to flip the hips, turn, and run, I think it takes him a little longer to get cranked up. I did on tape see some of the testing uh, and some of the explosiveness. To that level, you're talking about some of the most special DB. Like Zion McCollum deserves his own podcast conversation because I don't think mm-hmm. people recognize those numbers are just staggering. But Rodney told me, and he's never lied about his prospects. He's always been straight up. And you deal with agents, and you know how often you'll get, you know, you'll get pushed to to some numbers that are simply not accurate. Yeah. Rodney you, you never lies. The ones that are honest yeah. and the ones that embellish a little. Yeah. yeah, and Rodney knows I'll call his ass out if he does something yep. like that to me. But uh. He told me, LZ, wait until you see what he's doing. And Rodney's long professed the greatness of, of uh, Brent Calloway over at Exos. And he's like, mm-hmm. dude, he showed me a video and Brent took it. And he, I want to say he was a 656 short shuttle. 656 was unbelievable. It was a video and you could hear him say 656. He ran even faster than that on the short shuttle. So I knew he was going to be a monster tester. I, I told Daniel Jeremiah, I just wanted to give him a heads up for the broadcast. I'm like, my guy never lies to me about what his guy. He also had Calvin Austin, and he told me Calvin Austin was going to be off the charts with his testing. And sure enough, you want to look at the testing for Calvin Austin, very similar to Zion McCollum. So Rodney is an agent who has recognized Rodney Williams, put, full, put the full name out there, United Sports Group. He He's a guy like Baylor, right? He doesn't have all the money and the opportunity to – go recruit the the guys at the very, very top. So what he recognized is the whole traits thing. So he goes and looks for high, high football character guys and traits guys. And so I give him credit for finding Zion McCollum because Zion's one of the just one of the most impressive kids you're going to talk to. Really, really impressive. Yeah. And now teams are going to look at him and say, you know, d- did you mention how big he is, Dane? Did you six, mention his six, size? Two, one, yeah, 6'2", 199. 199. He plays over 200. That's big. And so I already had one team saying, we may want to try him at safety. So what you have with Zion because of his size is you have a corner potential or a safety potential. Then you test, and now coaches and evaluators all want to say, we need to really dig in on this guy because these are rare, rare numbers. Um, And that's across the board, height, weight, speed, explosiveness across the board. So some of these guys who didn't get as much love in the national broadcasts are really causing some serious discussions behind the scenes today without question no doubt and i think several of the top safeties uh check the box uh with you know 
Dax Hill, uh, give him credit for doing everything. He ran a 4.38 in the 40, uh, 33.5 inch vert, 10.1 broad. Uh, short shuttle was 4.06. Uh, that was second best behind McCollum. And then his three cone, 6.57. That was also second best behind McCollum. Michigan, so quick- I mean, how about Michigan's three cone drills are bananas? You look at yeah. Quiddy Pay, Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, Daxton Hill, like the three cone numbers they crank out are ridiculous. My guess is Josh, Josh Uche ran a really fast one too. Yeah, I don't know sense. that off the top of my head, but their three cone stuff, their change of direction quickness is really pretty insane over there. It's it's interesting how certain, you know, Penn State. I actually expected Brisker to have a bigger day, combine wise, because Penn State also guys from their secondary are almost always really good testers. You saw it with Tariq Castro Fields this 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 combine as well. Yep, no doubt. Um, and I think Lewis Seen, you know, we talked a lot about Georgia Man. players so far, and, and he, I thought, helped himself out quite a bit on Sunday. 6'2", 199, uh, 4'37 in the 40-yard dash. Now, this is a player that when he drives downhill, you you see speed, but I didn't expect 4'37. And then 36.5-inch vert, uh, 11'1 broad from him. That's a big-time number. And so, I mean, Seen has been a top 50 guy for me, uh, you know, dating back to the summer when I did my first first draft board. And I think he's he's more than lived up to it with the way he played this year and the way he tested over the weekend. Man, his testing was really, really impressive. They every Everybody I talked to said he was his interviews were so impressive. He's just – he's so cerebral. They say he's basically like having another coach on the field. I don't think he always – like he plays very physically urgent, aggressive. I don't feel like from a body type standpoint he has the same stopping power when he hits you, when he hits running backs, although he's going to hit them with everything he's got. I think Brian Cook and Brisker have a little bit more than him from a safety standpoint. But it's hard to – when you tie in this kind of testing with the makeup and pedigree of a winner that he has coming from uh, Georgia and Kirby Smart, and then you add the fact that his – interviews were so good and people raved about his intelligence on the back end you've basically hit the the perfect combination for a safety that's going to be drafted pretty high yep no you doubt. think he can go um, in the first i would be surprised but uh it's certainly possible i mean i i don't think anybody would really bat an eye if it happened do what do you make of kyle hamilton's is, is there did it surprise you that he didn't run faster. Uh, I mean, the jumps were great, but the 40 was was okay. I mean, we have to remember 6'4", 220. This is not your normal safety. So I don't know that it's necessarily a red flag. I just, you know, I think we we think so, so highly of Kyle Hamilton and the freak that he is that maybe we expected just a little bit better. I can tell you some teams didn't love the workout. I was, Full disclosure, I was on a plane flying back to Houston, so I wasn't able to watch the workout. I just looked at all the numbers and I'm going to go I'm going to try to go back and watch the workout stuff today. I was a little bit surprised, yeah, because remember, this is a super fast track. Early Earlier in the right. day, I, earlier in this podcast, I just told you, if you're going to keep context of guys, if you're going to maintain your context for guys who ran extraordinarily fast, you also have to take a look at guys that had a little disappointing 40 times. And don't think for one second that teams are not going to take a look at them and maybe ding them a little bit for their 40 times. So, yeah, I was a little surprised at what he ran. I, I thought he would be in the mid four fives is, is what I expected, you know, on a, on a, on a standard track, a mid four five is what I expected. I, I wasn't, sh- I didn't think you would see unbelievably blazing speed, but it was one of those things where it wouldn't surprise me if he did. Mm-hmm. But I thought as a football player, when he's running straight downhill in a straight line, 
he's going to go hit you with a lot of aggression. He was not a flip the hips and, and play playing backwards type of guy. That's not where he is at his best. But I did talk to a couple of teams and I said, Hey, how did Hamilton look? He said, ah, hype train was out of control on him. This will slow the hype train down on him. So I, I think that uh, I don't know how the workout went, but for them to say that, I don't think it was just about the 40 yard dash time. So uh, the rest of his testing went really, really well. But if he's a safety that runs in a four fours on that track, I think I think he's locking in. I do think there's a chance that I'll probably plug him into the Jets at four in my mock, but I do think there's a chance that he could maybe slide maybe to number, who knows, seven with the Giants, maybe eight. I think there's a chance that he and Hutchinson both could slide just a little bit in the draft. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Icky's moving way up. Trevor Penning is going to move way up in my mock draft. And who's your other guy that you would say moves way up that maybe you hadn't anticipated in the top 10? Do you have a guy? Well, I mean, Icky's, I had him at one. So he's, yeah, that's, that's right. That's not moving. Um, I've got so, him at one right now, too. I think it sauce, was. Sauce. You moving him? Sauce Gardner. I think he's he's moved up. Um, I When you just put it at 441 on the 40. When you have that size, that length, like you're, you're just you're gonna go high. There, there's just there's no way around that. Penning, yeah, I think Penning. Uh, he, I, I'd be surprised if he doesn't go in the top seven. I'll say. Mm-hmm. I think he, I think he's gonna go somewhere top seven. I mean, again, six seven three twenty five. That moves like that. That has the mentality that he has. Those guys just aren't walking down the street. So uh, I, I think Penning goes very high. And then I don't know if there's any other big surprise. Like I don't think Jordan Davis gets in the top ten. I don't have any quarterbacks in the top 10. Who's your first running back right now off the board in a mock draft scenario? I don't have any in the first round, but I think in the second round, there is a conversation between Brees Hall. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I said running back. I meant wide receiver. Oh, I, I still have Garrett Wilson. Um, he, he's he been my top guy the whole way, and I, I, I'm, I'm sticking with that just because. Good for, good for I mean, you, Burks. Burks', is dis, Burks' workout was super disappointing. Yeah, was, Not his workout. I, I was okay with the workout. The testing was very disappointing. It was. It, there, it, and I think part of it, I was told that he, when he showed up to training, he was about 240. 
So he played towards the end of the season at around 240 pounds. Uh, and so he, you know, there was a focus on getting his weight down and not, I, I think that kind of threw him off and getting some of the, the testing numbers up. So we'll he's a good football he, player though. He is absolutely. And so that's why he's not going to fall too far. Um, uh, give me, uh, give me one guy for you that it doesn't have to be in the first round for your mock, but someone that is a, a riser just based off of seeing them at the combine, uh, over, it could be any position, offense, defense, oh. someone that. So yeah, Ty- Tyler Smith from Tulsa. I mean, yeah, Tyler Smith is a guy who really flashes on tape, but he's got some discipline issues in terms of holding and and not working his hands and feet the way that he can. But Tyler Smith, the way he worked out and the way he looked, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna fly up. He's he's one guy. Another one would be. You, you think Tyler of, Smith goes first round? Even I, I just with him can. Does he get on the field consistently as a rookie? I, I I just I I don't know if he's ready for that. No, I think he can play guard as a rookie. I don't think he can play tackle as a rookie. And and you make a really good point. But like, would the Lions at thirty two be willing mm-hmm. to invest in a guy who you know who they're going to play at guard maybe the first year while they w- with an eye towards playing at tackle? Because you remember that was the case for. Um, well, Titus Howard with the Houston Texans, but also most notably, uh, Laramie Tunsil. Laramie mm. Tunsil. Now, here's a scary name I'm going to throw at you. Greg Robinson, if I remember correctly, also played a little guard. Um, I can't yeah. remember if he was guard before tackle or if he started off at tackle. But Greg had some f- pass pro issues. And what people would always say, and I'm one of those people, was, well, you'll coach it. I mean, he'll, it'll, it'll get there for him. But look at, look at the explosiveness. Look at the size. Look at the traits. And it never ever showed up and never manifested so i'm assuming that tyler smith cuts down on his 11 holding penalties this year but it may be well 12 yeah Yeah. you're probably in the bowl game you got one too but it's when you look at it it's like he just grabs he just eh, i think i'm just gonna grab him instead of sliding my feet that's the kind of stuff that i'm not a hundred percent sure that you coach that out because that is a discipline. That's having the discipline to do what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it. And I don't think it's always a lock that guys will do that. The muscle memory kicks in, the history kicks in. So, yeah. And, and but I at guard, little, I think it's a little easier at guard, honestly, because he has to play tight and fast. I was a little disappointed with his three cone. I thought I thought he would do better. He had a seven seven eight three cone, which. The average uh, average starter in the NFL is about seven seven three, so just slightly below the average starter. So I was, I was a little surprised by that, but I I, I agree. I thought his uh, you know position work was was terrific. Um, so any other player you want to hit on before we get out of here? Um, uh, just, we, we could go another hour, but based off of what we saw, it's there's, just, there's so, so many. A guy who I really like a lot that I mentioned. Oh, see, I think Jelani Woods really moved up yeah. for me. Jelani, yeah. this whole process has moved up. But Jelani Woods, the guy that I took from a 59 to a high 61, which means I had him as a standard backup. Now I've got him as a I've got him basically as a tight end three who is going to get on the field. And uh Jelani Woods is a guy I think that really helped himself. And Sky Moore. I was too low on Sky Moore. I still am not 
all the way on the Skymore hype train like some other people are. Yeah. But and maybe I'm wrong on it, but I had there's just no way that you could watch his professional demeanor, that you could watch the way he attacked the drills, the way he attacked the testing. It's hard not to like Sky Moore. Like his everything gauntlet. about him. Oh, oh man, so, was he oh. good? He was really good. So good. Yeah, and not surprised. I mean, a lot of quick hitters in that offense, and he's he's so good snatching the ball away from his body and uh, making something happen. I, I, and I know you you're gonna watch the DB drills later. Jalen Petrie, because I, I, I know you're not as high on Petrie as others. I want to get your when we talk next. I yeah, get your, how did he? Well, you tell me thought, how how you thought, I thought he, looked. he looked. I looked. I thought he looked terrific. I, That's I thought great. Yeah. He and he he didn't run a forty, which you know that 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 tells you something right there. He might regret not running the forty, but he had a really good three cone time. Uh, looked really good in the position stuff. Caught the ball well. I like him quite a bit, and I thought he I thought he helped himself. So I'll be eager to get your feedback and I. It's always funny. Uh, we always hear every year how the combine. Oh, you know these guys are locked in. It's a, the combine's not going to make guys move up and down. Well, every year we come out of the combine saying true. movers. I mean, every year this happens. It's it, going it just, to. It's going to be movers, and here's why. Yeah. Um. We will. So yes, scouts. Scouts have to lock in their grades at a certain time so that they they're not impacted by um, noise. They, so they're not scouting with their mm-hmm. ears, as they say where you don't hear things and change your opinion. And it's hard not to. I mean, it's hard not to for any of us to to not hear the outside noise and make changes. We've all done it before. But what is happening, though, is coaches are getting their first look at some of these guys because coaches, after the season's over, they go to their own free agents and other teams' free agents. And so for a lot of coaches, they really don't know these players. And so when they go to the combine, they're like, holy cats, look at this guy, look at that guy. And so what happens is – and depending on how strongly the voices are for the coaches in the building, the head coach and the position coaches, because it varies from team to team, you are going to see, you absolutely will see some guys get pushed up the board or pushed down the board based on coaches' input. So that that 100% does happen. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, okay, well, Lance, we could talk for another hour, like I said. Uh, talk about Jake Camarda, uh, the Georgia punter, and his four five six forty. Just, I mean, I don't know what they're feeding those guys down in Athens, but... <laughs> Uh, whatever it is, uh, crazy. Yeah, Nick Saban's ordering a whole truckload of it. Uh, it. Another great combine. Another. I mean, we have plenty more data to go through, and I mean, we'll be talking about it through the rest of this month as we get to pro day season. So we have got a lot coming up for you. Stay tuned uh, for the Athletic Football Show feed. Robert Mays and crew. Plenty of good things planned, especially as we get into free agency too. That's going to shake things up. Uh, look for Lance's mock. Look for my mock this week. Uh, should be interesting to compare the two. Until next week, uh, he's Lance. I'm Dane. We'll talk to you next time. This was the Athletic Football Show.